welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Dane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2020 eyes. Not or... every episode of Bygones. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if the eagle-eared among you may have noticed in our last episode, because Eleanor and I certainly didn't we when didn't. we were both editing... <laughs> Um, but I said we rewatch every episode of Bygones through 2020 Eyes, which is quite frankly ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's definitely Ali McBeal yeah, that we watch. We watch. Um, we, there aren't any like secret bonus episodes where we listen to our own podcast and then do a recap an of that because of that. that is quite frankly a rabbit hole that no one needs to be going down. <laughs> The world doesn't um, need that. No, you are in the right place. So, um, well done to anyone who spotted the obvious mistake in the last episode. And we will endeavour never to say the wrong thing again. Yes, we will try. We will fail, obviously. But... <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So, other how than that, funny. how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm less hot. I mean, it's still quite hot, but I'm less hot than last time we recorded when we were in the middle of a crazy heat wave. Yeah, I'm not needing the, the fan on me today, so that's that's good. Or the window with all the seagulls. Or the window with all the seagulls. people and... may there's, have noticed in the last episode. <laughs> there's, like, there's a flat that's like right opposite, like uh, on the same like floor as, as my flat with a, a big balcony that has, like, I swear, two Rottweilers live in this, Ooh. like, and every so often they will go onto the balcony, <laughs> put their paws up onto the, like, railing and be like, run, 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 run! It's probably at the birds, right? Probably at the seagulls. It's just like, seriously, the seagulls, the Rottweilers, like, a kennel. <laughs> like, there's a noise in this place. <laughs> Yeah, we did our best to edit a lot of it out, but yeah, there was still some yeah, background noise. Yeah, so. but, but it was very hot. Yeah, exactly. But usually, I like to keep everything like the, the door closed to try and, um, you know, have a good sound. But when it it's that that hot, like it's impossible. We don't have you know special air conditioned recording booths. No, sadly, we are an amateur parade <laughs> of podcasters. <laughs> day if we get enough patrons maybe we might be able to afford that but even even then at this point in time um nobody's using recording studios at the moment because of no. the coronavirus so exactly um yeah. yeah but anyway how are you okay yeah just uh gearing up for uh my wedding that is going the wedding ahead. of the year <laughs> <laughs> It's our wedding in the year. It's our <laughs> wedding in the year. It's the only one I'm going to this year. Yeah, well, it's because only crazy people are having their wedding in a pandemic. That's why. <laughs> no, I've seen people get married, you know. Yeah. You're like, I've seen it's people fine. get married. <laughs> no, this year, I mean, like, yeah. people have been getting married. Yes, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, just doing, getting ready for that. But yeah, yeah that. exciting. And obviously, watching Ali McBeal in between getting yes. ready for that. <laughs> and on that subject, what are we watching today? Well, what we're talking about is um, season three, episode fourteen, the Oddball Parade. Which we're well uh, and truly over halfway now, aren't we? Yeah. So the 
Oddball Parade first aired 28th of February 2000. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more problematic than it looks. UK number one, I think you're going to get this. The artist is All Saints. Pure Shores. Yay! Yay! We were talking about that yeah. a few a few episodes ago, weren't we? Because of the beach. The beach, yeah. So this is clearly yeah. when the the single got uh got big um, from that. Yeah. Yes. It's a great so. single. Good album. You had that album, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Saints and Sinners. Yeah, love that album. The US number one. I think I think this was the same as last uh, episode. It's uh, Savage mm-hmm. Garden and uh, I knew I loved you. I think that was the same as no, last, last episode. Last last episode was uh, Mariah Carey. Oh, with so ninety eight degrees. They were, maybe they were the number one before Mariah Carey. And then yeah, Mariah they, Carey... they have been. Yeah, they have right. been number one before. Yeah. there's been a you know uh, up so and having up a bit and of a down. tussle with Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, quite frankly, shouldn't we all have a tussle with Mariah Carey? They should be so lucky. <laughs> so, um, uh, so moving on. No, let's not say that. Let's say <laughs> moving on from Mariah Carey. <laughs> how Mariah. very dare well, you? Well, <laughs> the thing is, the next thing I've got to tell you is pretty uh harrowing um and you'll probably oh, okay. remember it okay so oh god okay 25th All right. of february it's yeah. the um murder of victoria climby who was aged eight in london after torture and neglect by her guardians her great aunt and her great aunt's boyfriend the pathologist who examined her body noted 128 separate injuries and scars on her body and described it as the worst case of child abuse she had ever seen. After Klimby's death, the local authority social services departments involved in her case were widely criticised. A public inquiry headed by Lord uh, Lamming was ordered. It discovered numerous instances where Klimby could have been saved, noted that many of the organisations involved in her care were badly run and discussed the racial aspects surrounding the case as many of the participants were black. The subsequent report by uh, Lamming made numerous recommendations related to child protection in England. Do you remember this case? I really don't, and I don't Do know why. Because I can imagine it would be would have been widely publicised. Huge news, yeah. It was huge yeah. news because it was just like a, like a catalogue of failures from like the child protection services um, that yeah allowed this little girl to stay with her great aunt and, oh God, and be so awful. basically abused until she died. <gasps> It was really, really awful, and it yeah, it oh just it was led to like huge, um, yeah, just just the public outcry. Um, yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah I was, really was don't huge. know why I don't remember that. I mean, the only thing I can think I was doing at that time would be 
obsessing over Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I, knew so you were gonna say that. I blame him <laughs> for me not being aware, aware of, the, of the news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, God, I really that's horrendous. I really you remember, remember it? This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, God knows that is what I was doing then. I, I highly, I, I would just hold up in my room, not paying any attention to the outside world, ignorant because of Leonardo de bloody Caprio. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, My room was covered. You know, yeah, I had that, yes, that didn't just was, happen. That it? took time, Eleanor. I had to source all the images <laughs> from obscure fan magazines, cut them all out, find the space, oh get the God. blue tack. You know, it was you a real labour of love. Of pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio, didn't you? Everywhere, That's every insane. possible surface. Every possible surface. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, no wonder you were very busy <laughs> with, the, with the cutting and the blue tacking. Clearly wasn't paying attention to anything, you know, more important. Okay, and the only other thing I've got is 5th of March. Former Take That singer Gary Barlow makes his acting debut Gary in the 150th episode of Heartbeat, playing a hitchhiker named Mike Shannon. Oh, I do not remember that no. either. Blame Leonardo DiCaprio again. <laughs> I don't watch Emmerdale, to be fair, so that would be why. Well, this is heartbeat, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I was too busy thinking about Leonardo DiCaprio again. Anytime I don't know anything, it's Leonardo DiCaprio's fault, okay? <laughs> He is. <laughs> like, well, I don't watch Emmerdale anyway. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, okay, but <laughs> it's a heartbeat <laughs> show. <laughs> I don't watch that either. No, I know. <laughs> God, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay, if Leonardo DiCaprio had been on heartbeat, I might have paid some attention. <laughs> Come on to the oddball parade. So, guys, our establishing shots are sailing over the sparkly Boston night sky as we hear the dulcet tones of someone familiar singing because somehow this show has landed Tina Turner I know. at the bar. I know. We are not messing around today. Like we are straight in with the queen of rock and roll. Oh my goodness. I can I believe it. I don't really have any memory of this cameo. Um, uh, I no, but I was. I, 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 uh, no, <laughs> I, but I wasn't surprised to see her when it came on. It was weird. I was like, oh, I don't remember this happening, but I'm not. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, Tina Turner, cool. Well, I I was shocked because she's a big star. She's huge, and I was just kind of like, yeah. Barry White makes sense. Al Green makes sense because they've written them into the show. But yeah. to suddenly have... I think this is... I think those two guest stars were like the entry point to other legends being like, okay, it's credible to be on this show. Yes. It's a good yes. thing. And because I think it had done... It had done things for the sale of uh, certainly Barry White's records and popularity at that time. I think some other big kind of... 
long-standing stars that maybe hadn't been doing much recently but wanted to get some promotion for like a new song they were like okay well this is a show I can go on because it'll introduce me to maybe an audience that that wouldn't necessarily be a bit younger you know yeah yeah. so I think it was probably a good move for a lot of uh, given the popularity of the show but yeah I was really pleased to see her yeah um and yeah and the bar is popping listening to Tina sing um, one of her songs Fall in Love as it bloody well should be rammed because you know come on when a legend comes to town you're there Um, and Ali and Elaine are pushing their way through the crowd um, and why they were late to this why they are walking in mid performance I'll never know but it turns out um, they are talking about that there is a dance contest to take part in and the winner gets to sing backup for a Tina. And somehow Ali seems to think that she has a shot at this against <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> but she's also um, mentions that she's a bit worried about entering because it might be silly for a, a lawyer to enter. And Elaine is like, well, just take a look at our partners. And then you, <laughs> it, the shot kind of goes to John and Richard Doing who are just cavorting <laughs> across the dance They're floor like to Tina. at each other like it's really <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> it is. Um, and also Ali says that she thinks that out of all the celebrities in the world, Tina is the one that she's most like. And <laughs> Elaine's face when she says that is priceless. And then she turns to Ali and says, It's just, when I first met you, that's exactly what I thought. I said to myself, my God, it's Tina Turner. (laughs) Like really sarcastically. Yeah. Um, But Ali is not letting Elaine kill her buzz because she's just like, nope, I'm head banging to Tina Turner and I will not let my secretary bring me down. (laughs) And then we're into titles. And I was like, well, this seems exciting. Like I didn't need that after last episode, which was so terrible. Um, I was like, it's good to have a fun episode again. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like, yeah, we're being set up for good fun. Good times. Yeah. Good old times. Good old times. (laughs) The next day after titles in the office, um, Elaine and Ali have have just taken a phone call to find out that they have made the cutoff from entering the competition and they got into the contest. And that's mainly because only 42 people entered. So everybody got in. (laughs) Um, And as they're discussing it and getting really excited, Billy comes up and wants to know what's going on. And Ali is literally like hyperventilating at telling him about the competition. That's, you know, she's just so excited about it. And Billy has to tell her to breathe. Um, and the problem is, is that she doesn't just stop at talking about the concert. She gets so excited that she goes on to say that she has wanted to meet Tina Turner since the first day she sniffed uh, Billy's butt and decided that he was the man for her. And even though his butt doesn't smell so good to her anymore, she still might get to meet Tina Turner. And oh my God. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is the correct level of excitement for <laughs> Tina Turner. Well done. Um, and also, isn't this nice? Isn't it nice to see Ali happy for yes. once? Yes. Yeah. Like she's no? delirious with excitement. Like it's, uh, you know, which, yeah, it makes a change. <laughs> I get like that over people I admire. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, I definitely well, identify with that. Well, it feels like, that. you know, Tina Turner was Beyonce before Beyonce, you know, like. Um, oh, totally. You know what I mean? I think Beyonce so, would say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do too. Yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah. Um, yeah, like this is how excited any normal person would be if they got yes. the chance to, to meet Tina Turner or Beyonce. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. So elsewhere, John uh, comes into Richard's office um, and he is fraught because he ha- he they have a very difficult case today in front of Judge Walsh. And the problem is, um, according to John, that Judge Walsh doesn't like Richard. He says it upsets him when your lips move and words emerge from them. <laughs> and Richard seems really distracted and he kind of wants to know what John's point is because he's really busy rifling through his file of facts. And John says, my point is, Given the nature of some of our clients, we don't need things compounded with fishisms. And Richard is like, well, no, actually, I think I've really improved as a trial lawyer. I can really feel my oats in there now. And John's like, maybe you should just keep your oats to yourself on this one. Uh, but Richard thinks he is ready yeah. to cowbells. <laughs> So then Elaine has found out on the DL, like how the contest works um, and it's briefing Ali as they walk through the office. Um, So apparently each of the 42 entrants get called out by number and then they get 20 seconds on stage and then the next number is called and Elaine is number 26. And Ali is number 27. And as they're walking past the office, I'm um, just sort of discussing all of this. Sandy sees them and calls out to Ali. And before Ali goes over to Sandy, she sort of turns to Elaine and does this small like, sort of growl, growl, like dog. Yeah. Like it's like a tiny dog trying yeah. to growl. Um, and it's meant to be her like emulating Ling. Yeah. Um, but then she turns back to Sandy with like a really fake smile. And I was like, why? Why? This feels strange. Like, why yes. this Mean Girl stuff? Like, you were all about giving her advice, like, last yeah. episode. Where's yeah. this come from? Well, like, I don't get did, it. Just because she gave her advice doesn't mean she actually wanted her to take it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she was like, yeah, go for it with Billy. And now, and now she's, she's like, like, oh, you're going for it with Billy, are you? It's like, yeah, because <laughs> you told her to. <laughs> I just don't understand. Anyway, it turns out, Sandy just wants to thank Ali for giving her the advice to go after Billy. Um, And then Ali seems to not remember, like, what the hell she's talking about. And I was like, was that fake as well? Like, fake pretending. I just was like, this is weird. But then, you know, what do you know? If you say the devil's name enough times, like, up the pop. So Billy (laughs) appears and casually, like, leans in his office doorway. And Ali seems really butthurt with him because she just kind of cattily says to him, oh, what's new? And Billy just sort of leans over and guides her into his office to talk to her. And she's sort of snarling, like her upper lip is like curling at him. Like she doesn't want to talk to him. And he like winks at Sandy as he does that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Billy's chat goes like this. Um, (laughs) Apparently he's worried that, and I can't believe that I'm saying this, but he's decided to tell Ali that he's worried that if she takes part in the dance competition, um, because there will be so many people there that know that she works at Cajun Fish, you know, this could be damaging to the firm's reputation, um, which he tells her in the spirit of friendship and candor. Uh. I was like, what? (laughs) And Ali is equally outraged, thank God, and she kind of points out the hypocrisy in this, given the way that he's been (laughs) presenting himself recently. Um, And Billy just goes, you know, I've been acting crazy, acting out, I admit it. 
are you? Like, is that what you're doing? And Ali then points out, like, how he can judge her when he is running around with his secretary. What is she, 19? <laughs> and Billy is like, no, you advised her to go for it in the first place. And Ali's like, no, I told her to pursue love. And she's like, and I think, you know, although I think it's crazy for her to fall for him, what upsets Ali more is Billy getting involved with her. Like, what is she, 19? <laughs> and this is just completely irrational and also just false from Ali. She did tell Sandy to pursue Billy, specifically yeah. Billy. And yes. now she's got a problem with it. Yeah. Like, why? What the fuck does it matter to her? I just, this really, to me, was like bad writing because it really felt like it's come out of nowhere yeah well i just or and it just makes like ali given look what happened complete, last yeah episode. i think and it just makes ali look like insanely neurotic like completely um you know just uh, just like a crazy person like she yeah wants something for someone one minute and then the next day she's quite literally got the completely different opinion. Whenever Billy sees Ali find joy in something that is like completely unrelated to him, he cannot stand it. I he know. He has to piss on a parade every time. Like and every always, fucking time. And always in the spirit of friendship. It's like well, fuck off with your spirit of friendship. I know. We need to exercise that spirit of friendship out of here. <laughs> like... I won't call a priest. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Oh. Um, well, anyway, Billy starts yelling back and says that Sandy is actually 25 and a good woman. And Ali is like, yippee, that all? And Billy just opens the door for her to leave, um, which he does leave, but only after doing three new Damn. man in town, like fist punches. <laughs> and then she says, in the continued spirit of our candor, I can see your roots. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not with Ali here, but that was a good, that that was a good a comeback. Good, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Parting shot. <laughs> okay, okay. So now we are in the courtroom and the camera pans up to um so this this is a difficult episode to dis to describe, um, and I think I'll get into this in a second, but yeah. it's um it pans up to a character that I would describe as a large black trans woman mm. based on how they present themselves and how they talk about themselves mm. in a second. Oh, yeah. Um so they're wearing a smart but colourful, like office appropriate dress, high heels and a blonde wig. Um, and they're saying, I just feel natural in a dress. Um, and I was like, right, well, I think I can see what the problematic storyline is going to be in oh this my episode. God. Call I mean, me pessimistic. Yeah. It, oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, we'll get on to this. Go on. So... So before we get into it, I just wanted to say that this character is played by um, Anthony Anderson, who's been in loads of TV and movies. Um, so Blackish, um, The Departed, um, Transformers, um, oh, the okay. movie. Um, I've seen him in lots of things. So and um, actually, uh, my husband, who was sort of watching over my shoulder, was like, "Oh, Anthony Anderson! I didn't know that he'd cameoed." So he's he's like well known for being in, oh, in lots okay. of movies and TV. So, but anyway, so straight away we're into some problematic territory because this person is saying that they feel that when they wear female clothes, it's the real them. And mm. John, who should be on their side, 
is there addressing them as sir. Yeah. And I was just like, oh dear, this is really tricky um, for me, uh, as someone recapping this episode in 2020, because on the one hand, they probably haven't necessarily insisted on their preferred pronouns or given themselves an alternative name yet, because Mm. given that wasn't as prevalent a concept in 2000, um, you know, that, that, that just isn't referenced at all in this episode. But on the other hand, I feel like calling this character, referring to them in our recap as Sir He or Him or Mr. Volt, to me, it just feels really uncomfortable when they yeah. are talking about how they identify best as female. As a woman. So, I, I think, I think, so I, I, can I just throw in um, my... Objection! Yes, uh, of course. Yeah, because basically, like, because they they end up, I mean, we'll get to it, but it, it's basically my objection is I understand that this is down to the understanding of what being trans was at the time mm-hmm. but the language around the, the language this, is so difficult is yeah. really unco- it's like not done right at times yeah. like because they describe what he has as a med like a fetish um and yes. it's just like that's not what being trans is trans is what a, no. a fetish like cross dressing fetish and yeah. you know transvestite you know tism um those could be described as as fetishes but but, but that's not what they're saying is yeah. not not is not a fetish like it is it is. To it do just with... really highlighted the lack of understanding yeah, about all of these different kind of concepts. In, yeah, lumping in of gender identity and gender expression and 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 sexual um, uh, identity kinks and sexual identities yeah. and just lumping it all in together when actually they are different things and yeah. they look different. Like. Um, but it's just that kind of complete lack of nuance that has lumped, you know, this trans woman in as being just someone with a cross-dressing fetish, basically, which yeah. is just really And for me, um, horrible. The, well, the first problem I ran into, like, summarising this episode when I was preparing for this um, podcast was, well... Uh, they've really fucked up how they refer to this person. Yes. And I think for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to f- refer to them as they and them because we haven't... My normal instinct is to listen to the person and yeah. say, how, well, how do they refer to themselves? And I think they are referring... They don't really refer to themselves as I mean, a particular pronoun, but everyone else is calling them Matthew him, and yeah. he and him. Um, I'm happy to refer to them as Matthew because they yes. clearly don't have an alternative name. name. Yeah. Um, um, but I think pronoun-wise, I think we don't know their preference and I don't feel comfortable calling them he. I just don't, because no. when they're saying... When he's saying, um, I... I, I, fi- I, I'm a woman. Deep down, I yes. am a woman. Yes. Um, then I think, you know, uh, I think they or them is probably the safest line. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so that's the decision I've made. If, if people who are trans who are listening think that that's the wrong decision, I'd be really happy to hear any feedback on that. But yeah, it's, yeah um, absolutely. It's, it's just, it's it was just, just appalling it, the, the whole way through this episode. The, yeah, just the <laughs> lack of understanding and the lack of... It, it, yeah, just complete lack of understanding of what 
trans trans is what trans being transgender is like yes and and classing it as a fetish a medical condition i know health medical condition Condition. yes was exactly super horrible it was um, yeah really really uncomfortable to witness yeah so so let's now that we've sort of i wanted to address that up front because i think it's quite difficult to recap it without having that conversation um first so so John is questioning um, Matthew and clarifies that the issue is that um, they have been fired by their boss, who's someone called Mr. Schofield, um, because of the way that they dress. Um, and this line of questioning gets interrupted as a man claps who is sitting at John and Richard's table. Um, so Judge Walsh gives this hard Paddington Bears there. And John reminds the court that this man um, who is called uh, Paul Potts can't help the clapping because he's got a compulsive disorder. Um, and John goes back to questioning and says, well, why didn't you just agree to wear the suits? Um, and, and Matthew says, well, I've known since I was 12 that I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. Um, and I went to a doctor and they diagnosed me with a fetish for wearing women's clothes. Uh, and I was like, good Lord, what yeah, fresh 90s thinking horrible. is this? Like, I, yeah. Matthew's saying that they thought this might protect them from being fired for this reason because, it, because it's a medical diagnosis. But even though they told their boss this, they got fired anyway. Um, and then the opposing counsel then crosses um and asks you know this is you know this was a graphic design firm like they have potential clients who visit like then they ever stare at you and Matthew's like not for long they don't <laughs> and I was yeah. like damn straight and then Mr. Potts <laughs> claps again um so yeah so back to less <laughs> problematic business um Elaine is practicing for the competition in Ali's office to proud Mary on the stereo um and Ali comes in and is I mean the only way to describe it is that she's just jealous of how good Elaine is and she just switches off the stereo I mean just instantly like Uh, (laughs) in sabotage mode isn't she she just looks at her like yeah she switches off the stereo and it's hilarious because Elaine, like, it takes a while for her to stop wiggling because she's like, once it gets going, it takes on a life of its own, which I thought was really funny. Um, but then Ali's like, you know, should you really be entering? And I was like, uh, yeah, Elaine absolutely. was born for this, yeah. Ali. Like, fuck off. But Ali's like, oh, I've always seen you more as Eliza Minnelli than a Tina Turner. And Elaine is like, really insulted. And she's like, I guess I'm going to go and practice elsewhere. And I was like, God, Ali is a real fucking just... mood hoover. Like, just because Billy's, like, pissed on your parade doesn't mean well, you need I to like go piss on Elaine. Elaine just like, kind of goes, like, doesn't take it to heart. And it's just like, right, well, I'll go somewhere else and practice. Like, I'm not listening to this. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, God. Yeah. No, I thought it was really, I know. like, low to do something like that. Yeah. Shitty. Yeah. So Elaine leaves. Um, and as she's leaving, Billy comes in. Um, and it turns out he's come in to apologise to Ali for criticising her. 
And she smiles and, and she's like, oh, well, I'm sorry for picking on your teenager <laughs> friend. And Billy's like all smug, like, does it bother you? And Ali like starts denying it. But then she admits that it does. And they go into this dance again. Like she insists she's over him, but she still gets a pinch when he's with someone else. Um, and he's like, oh, I feel the same way. And that sort of hangs in the air <laughs> until she's like, well, I better go practice to beat Elaine. And then Billy gets back on his, isn't this so silly train again? And Ali is like, well, actually, I'm a big fan of silly now. And Billy's like, don't you remember like when you were really mortified at having to tell that joke on stage in the bar because you lost that bet? to Renee and like now you're gonna shake like Tina Turner and Ali's like well a few years ago I didn't have the need you know I go to work each day with my suits and my briefcase my emotional (laughs) support briefcase um and it would be nice to and Billy just goes escape your life and Ali's like well isn't that what you're doing with Sandy and Billy just stares at her and Ali's like, why? And he's like, well, every once in a while, I just look at you and I get a hit. And Ali just goes, <laughs> duck! <laughs> I mean, it's like, really? Are we back also, here again? Like, why does this Tina Turner contest have to be about Ali escaping her life? Like, why can't you just let it be a bit of fun? Like, <laughs> how have you made a I Tina know. Turner contest, like, depressing? <laughs> I have only Billy, right? <laughs> so, so next we find out what Mr. Potts has to do with all of this because he's next on the stand being questioned by Richard and um, Mr. Potts is explaining that he claps, he OCD cleans and he also has a speech impediment which makes him repeat words three times. Um, and Mr. Schofield, it turns out, um, has fired Mr. Potts too, even though he is also a good worker. And Richard asks, oh, well, when Mr. Schofield fired you, did he give you a reason, 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 which triggers (laughs) Mr. Potts to also repeat reason, reason, reason. Um, um, and then he says that he was told that he made the clients nervous, um, but it never affected his job. He says, I draw pictures, I design, my design work was never a subject of criticism, never. And it's really interesting that when he's emphatic and talking about his work, mm. like he does not stutter mm. or tick once. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I thought that was quite yeah. um, telling. Um, so, so, so now Ali is reconsidering whether to enter the contest because, you know, she's a lawyer and apparently it's unbecoming of lawyers to enter dance contests. And I'm like, yeah, well, where exactly. did you get that idea? Where, One yeah. guess. Do you know what I mean? And Elaine is trying to talk her around. And I was just a bit like, Elaine, just leave her. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't need this. Like, just concentrate and win that contest. Um, but Elaine is trying to be a good friend and be like, look, you've wanted to meet Tina Turner your entire life. And as they're talking, they pass Billy on the stairs. And Elaine asks Billy what he thinks Ali should do. And Billy's like, you should dance. And Elaine leaves saying to Billy, convince her. And Ali's all like, oh, you know, but it's silly and it reflects badly on the firm. And Billy's like, yeah, but you want to do it. And then he goes, a wise woman told me last year 
that it's better to regret the things you do than the things you don't. And Billy just goes, what's in here? And like points at her heart. And she's like, I want to dance. And Billy's all like, well then dance. And he leaves and Ali like gazes adoringly at him. And I'm like, this is such bullshit. (laughs) Like she had this in her heart at the beginning of the episode. And it was Billy who got her doubting it. And now he gets to be the hero that convinces her to do it anyway. What a crock of shit. in your mind in the first place and then swooping in to tell you you shouldn't listen to your doubts. But how has like, she forgotten that? that? How has she forgotten know, that it was him? Doubts, that his doubts. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. How like, is she not? How are you this where is, dumb? What? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like, why has oh, she got, like, God. Billy blindness? I don't Terrible. understand. Lifelong affliction. He's so... (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, John and Richard's uh, plaintiffs in the case are all in, um, like, one of the anterooms at the courthouse. And there are four of them. So there's another man and woman, as well as the trans woman, uh, Matthew, and Mr. Potts. And they're all kind of bickering amongst themselves, waiting for John and Richard. Um, And John and Richard come in, and Richard reports back that they've been offered 75,000 each to drop the lawsuit and no one's happy with that you know they start getting mad and and John's like can I just be honest and Matthew the trans woman just goes no lie to us you little bug and Mr Potts is like bug 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 and Richard like tries to calm everyone down as John does his like smile therapy smile um and everyone else is encouraging Matthew to apologize um and Richard is like look you're all coming across as wackadoos Um, And, you know, at least 75 is something, but everyone refuses. And the other man um, in the room says that they spent years at the firm walking walking hard, working hard. (laughs) Um, And he's like, we won't walk away for 75. Our lives are our jobs. They don't have families like their family is their co-workers. And John's like, well, if you want to continue, we will continue. Um, And everyone kind of agrees that that's what they want to do. And they all start to file out. And then Matthew um, turns to John and apologizes, saying that, you know, it's just that we're really, really sensitive because um, this parade thing. And John's like, what parade thing? And it turns out that they weren't allowed to march in the 4th of July, like company parade, where Mr. Schofield's firm had a float. Um, And because Schofield didn't want the public to see them, And John seems quite interested in this uh, development because it seems like it has given him something that he can use because he's like, we don't need to settle. Let's let's go back into court. Like, don't worry, we're not going to settle. So back in court, the other plaintiffs uh, that we haven't heard from yet are taking the stand. So first, um, the woman who is uh, Mindy says that when they started out, it was all about the work. So their designs. Um, But then the company became more successful and grew. And then three months ago, Mr. Schofield called them all into a meeting and said that it wasn't working out. And then we hear from Mr. Winter, um, the other man, who clarifies that um, Mr. Schofield said that they weren't working out because they weren't commensurate with the company's image. So it was nothing to do with their work. It was just that apparently the clients thought that they were weirdos. 
Um, and Richard tries to object to his own witness's use of the word weirdos. <laughs> which um, Judge Walsh sets him straight. Um, but Mr. Winter continues and says that, you know, it wasn't right. We helped to build the company. It was because of them that the clients were coming through the door, but they were fired because Schofield didn't want them to be seen. And then the opposing counsel crosses and asks if it is part of their job to grow the client base. And Mr. Winter says, well, yeah, um, and we would have done that, but I haven't actually done it yet. Um, but the lawyer kind of talks over him and says, you know, let's get this straight. It was your responsibilities to bring in new business. And the four of you just weren't able to do that. And Mr. Winter tries to argue that it was a new aspect to their job that they had not had to do before. And they it was new to them. So you know, in time, with some help, they might have been able to do it. Um, but the lawyer just doesn't seem impressed by by that an- Ugh, answer. Horrible. Um, tricky. Yeah. So then we fade into the next scene as the kind of slow, lazy bars of the beginning of Proud Mary start. And it is nighttime over Boston, which means that it's contest time. And the contestants are waiting at the bar um, to be called up all dressed. Well, a lot of them, a vast majority of them are dressed in Tina costumes, um, except Ali, who's dressed in her suit, obviously. <laughs> um, and then the plaintiffs from John and Ali's case are there to watch along with Billy and Sandy. Um, and then an MC, um, or I think it's actually, we find out later, it's, it's Tina Turner's assistant, reiterates the rules and says that, you know, Miss Turner is sitting in the audience and she will pick the winner. Do not approach Miss Turner or you will get disqualified. And Ali doesn't really <laughs> put out by this information, like, for God's sake. Um, meanwhile, John and Richard are up in the office watching um, TV footage of Richard being interviewed by, the, by some news reporters about this case. And the soundbite that he gives is that Boston is a city of ugly people. <laughs> Have you ever been to a Patriots game? The girls get huge in winter. Oh and John is just aghast. <laughs> Um, but Richard is happy because he thinks the jury is probably watching um, and John switches the TV off and he's like look you're coming across as, as absurd so public opinion is not it's just gonna everybody's gonna be against us now um, and Richard has picked up that something is eating John um, and he kind of asks if it's because the case is close to home you know John has this like special place in his heart for oddballs because he is one um, and John just throws his hands to his face and he's like, Richard, can you please not talk? Can you do that? Can you just not talk? And Richard nods and then he goes, I can try. Oops, seems I can't. <laughs> Kidding, by God. <laughs> and he suggests that they're, they're going to be late for the show. Um, and John is just <laughs> speechless. <laughs> Richard is just one of yeah, a kind. I mean, I, I just, I, I think... Um, it's funny because like it, it he does but he does stop like when John asks him to stop he does you know although he makes a joke about it he does actually stop so it you know it it's yeah at least John can get him to stop going on about stupid shit when it's just too much I know <laughs> which is more than most people can do I know more than most people exactly 
Okay, so the competition is in full swing. Like, people are proud marrying all (laughs) over the shop. And we get this, like, montage montage of a variety of competitors of, like, all ages, sizes, abilities. Like, there's men, there's women. There are some people dressed like Tina. Like, some have just come in their suits just from work. Um, And at one point, we even have a bodybuilding drag queen. Um, And there's all these, like... Uh, shots of these different competitors interspersed with shots of Tina in the audience looking either bored or like slightly amused. Yeah. Um, she's got a real like poker face yeah. on all of the competitors. Um, and Nell and Ling are also watching and Nell is expressing some concerns that things could get brutal because she's realised that Ali and Elaine are going up one after the other. And then Ling just goes, I'm bored. And Ali's like, try to cope, Ling. And Ling growls. And then the next girl, um, or the next competitor who happens to be a girl, is announced. And Ling trips the girl up as they're running for the stage, which Elaine is like, Ling! Like, semi-impressed with. Um, And then eventually, it's Elaine's turn. And I think this calls for a fashion moment. I don't know about you, uh, Eleanor. So... Elaine is wearing this shiny silver, like, flippy short skirt with, like, slashes all the way up each thigh. And then she's wearing a white T-shirt and a denim jacket. And she is shaking it like a professional. Absolutely. Which is what Jane Krakowski is, Is. like, honestly. Like, she's just so much presence and panache. Like, I just... Great. Loved it. Yeah, I just it loved it. Wonderful. And I was like, you're the best thing this stage has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Um, but then it's Ali's go. Um, so she, she, I feel like she takes like <laughs> half of her 20 seconds deciding whether or not to get up. Like, they announce yeah. her number and she just sits there. And then she slowly walks up to the stage and slowly takes off her suit jacket and like drops it to the floor. And she's staring like really intensely at the audience <laughs> with this furrowed brow. Like she's really concentrating. Really as she, Yeah, as she starts sort of slowly moving her hips side to side to the beat. And then she gets quicker and her brow gets more furrowed. Um, and then she starts sort of gyrating and yeah. doing, and then she's doing the proud Mary like reaches yeah. forward, but she's being like weird and intense like the whole time. <laughs> I mean, and Tina, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, well, this is different. <laughs> It's what she was thinking. Strange, really, like moody, like hip thrusts, and like. It Did just... she think it was sexy? Uh, well, That's not sexy. That's I... like serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. It was odd. <laughs> yeah, and um, Tina Turner is like looking at her. We get her reaction shot, um, and she's looking kind of. I don't know, thoughtfully, I guess yeah. is a generous way of yeah. saying it. Just, um, yeah. And then the song ends and the crowd erupts into applause um, for the end of the contest. So, I mean, yeah. gosh. Um, well, then everyone is, is waiting excitedly for the results. And 
Tina's assistant announces that the winner is number 27, Ali McBeal. Um, <laughs> and Ali can't believe it, and quite frankly, neither, neither can I. anyone. <laughs> I mean, how? How? how I don't understand this. Like, I mean... I don't understand this. It's completely what? mad. I mean, I don't... I mean, you look at Elaine, poor Elaine. She looks gutted. It's, it's clapping yeah. Ali, but she clearly just looks absolutely flawed and gutted by the yeah. decision. And I was just like, is this like one of those competitions where you give it to the kid for effort over talent? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you took part, well, well done. done, you're clearly shit, but you really tried <laughs> your best. You put yourself um, out there. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was just like, justice for Elaine. Like, Elaine deserves to win that. Absolutely. Not Ali. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like... Unbelievable. The weirdest, the weirdest decision. <laughs> I'm mean, worried about Tina Turner's mental health, what? to be quite honest, if those are the decisions. The kind of erratic decisions. It's one thing making. to not choose... It just... Out, out of all of them, Ali was just like... Not the best. <laughs> no. By any means. Not the by best. By any means. Like, there was... Like, Elaine, obviously, is our favourite. Like, she should have won. But even if you weren't going to go with Elaine, there are there were other dancers who were better than Ali. Someone just did the split. Yeah. Like, I goodness just, me. Oh, my God. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, the next day people are gathering in the gallery of the courtroom and they all seem to look... I don't know how else to explain this, but they've all obviously been there. Like, they've been cast to be there because they look kind of weird in some way. Like, either the way that they've been dressed or the way that they look. Mm. Um, and, And Richard and John are sort of discussing these people along with Matthew and they kind of establish that it's because they saw Richard on TV and they want to support the case um, because Matthew heard them saying that. And then Richard points out what he calls Cousin It, who is someone who just has their <laughs> hair over. rushed over their face. Yeah. Um, and as the foreman asks everyone to rise for the judge. So clearly Richard's soundbite got the attention of some people yes. um, in a positive way. So anyway, back at, the, back at Cajun Fish, Elaine... Um, Elaine. Elaine is tidying (laughs) Ali's office, really glum. Um, And Ali, I mean, this is the last thing you need if you're Elaine, but Ali comes in (laughs) to reassure Elaine. Um, You know, she's like, you know, you were fantastic. And Elaine just goes, but you were better. And Ali's like, you know, they could have picked anyone. And Elaine's like, no, but they picked you. Like always, it was you. And Ali's like, are you just disappointed that you didn't win? Or is it that... I won and Elaine's like it's both um and as she says that Ling appears like outside of the Mm. office and she starts sort of listening in (laughs) and Elaine's saying that you know Elaine's saying she's like I need to believe that I'm better at some things than you and dancing was one of them and Ali's like oh Elaine you're just not and then she's like just kidding (laughs) and Elaine sort of reluctantly smiles back and then graciously says, you know, I will be cheering for you. And then leaves. Yeah. 
Um, and then Ali notices Ling outside and asks if she wanted anything. And Ling's like, no. And then in a really fake bitchy way, he goes, just to say congratulations. <laughs> and then walks off. And I was like, what is she up to? Ling clearly is up to something. So... Back at the courthouse, um, we get to hear from Mr. Schofield, who is explaining what the hell he's been thinking. Um, and he was saying that, you know, I like them all um, and they were all good at their jobs. But then the company changed. It went from this like mum and pop shop, um, you know, where all the designers were behind closed doors to a more open plan office that the clients can come and visit and see how we work. Um, and they were alienating potential clients. And Judge Walsh asks him how they were doing that specifically. Um, and Mr. Schofield says that Paul was clapping his hands all day. Mindy is obese. And some people unfortunately associate that with laziness. Can we just throw in a fat phobia uh, jingle here? Like, what the fuck? Dum, dum, dee, dum, 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 dee, dum, dum, Phobia is dum, dum, dee, dum, dum, Phobia is dum, dum, dee, dum, dum, Phobia is dum, dum, dee, dum, dum. Benny's face scares children. Benny just looks like a normal guy. With a bow tie. And I don't also, understand. also, like, how many of your clients are children exactly? Like, exactly. I don't get that at all. Jesus. Um, and Matthew's in a dress. And I was just like, Christ, I know. alive. I don't even know where to start with this. Um, Go on. And then Mr. Schofield says that he has statistical proof that his business was affected by these workers. And I'm like, how? Like, what statistical proof do you yeah. have? Unless it's a survey of everyone being like, we hate these four people, <laughs> then you've got nothing. Do you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, he's like, even though I know it's not fair, I have to do what is best for the business. I shouldn't be forced to be handicapped by them. I was oh like, my God. this guy, man, this guy... So then enter John in like full bulldog mode. Um, there's almost like, there is like a sort of slight super zoom in on the witness as John approaches yeah. to be like, you are in for something. And John's like, so just fire them. Never mind years of company service. They look like oddballs. Just fire the bastards. And this gets an objection. Um, but John immediately withdraws that and then comes at, at Mr. Schofield from another angle, like just as viciously asking if he thinks it's prejudice to judge workers based on their looks or to respond to such prejudice in clients. And John suggests that, you know, you could have made their eccentricities a selling point. You know, it goes with distinction. And Schofield is like, oh, please, the distinction of wearing a dress. And I was like, what a fucking cunt. Like, fuck this off. This guy is such a dickhead. Oh, my God. And John just keeps going, pointing out the medical conditions that Matthew and Paul were diagnosed with and trying to kind of hammer home this point that none of their work, their design work, suffered due to their appearances. And Schofield is like, well, it's not about the product in business. It's about the selling, 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 which obviously sets Paul off going selling, selling, selling and clapping. And Judge Walsh is like, oh, God. <laughs> And John just screams, because there are balls. And Schofield goes, you said that, not me. And John's like, hmm, well, yes, I did, because that is what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He looks like he's, he's hammered home a point and done well. However, the plaintiffs 
are not pleased with John. Um, they follow him into the ante room and they are unhappy because they think that John just took it too far. Because um, they're like, you didn't have to be so nasty. Mindy's like, you're a rabid bulldog. And Benny says that he was too vicious. And, and Richard suggests this like group hug to calm down. And everyone leans in to a group hug in a circle. But then John is like, oh, balls. Don't you people tell me how to try this case. That man is a defendant. If I don't get him, we don't win. And Richard is like, look, can, can everyone leave? I need to talk to, to John alone. And everyone files out and someone goes did he say balls and Paul's like balls 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 <laughs> it's funny um but then Richard asked John you know what's wrong and John's like I'm just trying a damn case and Richard is like did you know he sort of suggests that John lost control like he yelled at Paul to pipe down who has OCD um you know what is wrong really and John admits that this case has him fraught and and Richard's like well, maybe I should close. And John's like, no. <laughs> Walks out. I mean, that's the last thing this case needs. Yeah, Richard closing. Absolutely. I, this just makes no... This whole thing is, like, so fucking bizarre. Like, firing a fat person for being fat. And, yeah, the, uh, like, the, the, has a, someone has a face that scares children. And it's just, like, it's so bloody strange and like it also makes no sense that they would be like oh you were really mean to the man that fired us for no yeah. good reason and it just feels I like I thought that was an odd reaction yeah I just feel like it's a really heavy-handed way of trying to demonstrate how like so-called you know odd looking people can actually like have hearts of gold and it's just like yeah like people who I mean are they usually do because they've been so victimized yes, but it's just that 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 whole kind of like message it's is like oh yeah you do you know that that people who aren't like conventionally attractive also have worth and it's just like just feels like a message from like an episode of Sesame Street rather than like <laughs> Ali McBeal like it's really really strange I just I, do not know what to do with this case at now all. Now I'm just imagining Elmo being like, oh, ball! <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Elmo how to try this case! <laughs> Fire the bastards! <laughs> oh my just goodness. So, weird. Yeah, weird I mean, hell. it's weird. Um, so... Allie is backstage getting ready for her performance that she has won. She gets to be a backing singer for Tina, which can I just point out? This makes no sense. Right? Like, yeah. If, if the prize <laughs> is to be a singer, why, why are you judging who wins based on how they dance? Like, surely it should be, are you tone deaf? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, you can maybe be a candidate I don't I just was like this Bizarre. is not the well, way I wondered whether they just have Ali's mic turned off like <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> I would love it if that was true um so but yeah so Ali is backstage and and she's being the most ungrateful competition winner of all time <laughs> like arguing with Tina's assistant saying that you know I thought I'd actually get to meet Tina you know I want to say hello and tell Tina that I feel like we've got so much in common 
And the assistant is like, if you do get to speak to her, don't be telling her that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. Um, and then Ali continues to badger this assistant and she just eventually screams, I won the contest, I should get to meet her. As Tina breezes in, telling everyone to like get the show on the road and like giving like slight kind of motivational couple of sentences. And Ali is just like speechless in the corner and then manages to introduce herself and shake Tina's hand. And Tina's just like, sweet. And then wafts away whilst <laughs> Ali is like mid-sentence. Mid-sentence. <laughs> I mean, Ali is oh, literally dear. the worst, right? Oh, dear me. It's like... Literally the worst. Everyone's really busy, like, gearing up for a performance and you're there throwing a strop and stamping your foot. And it's just like, Ali, like, come on. Be an adult for Come once. Come on, right? <laughs> I know. Well, meanwhile, while that's happening, everyone at Cajun Fish are basically at the table in the bar waiting for it to start. But not Renee. Did you notice? Yeah, I didn't. I can't say that I did. But now that you mention it, why is Renee I'm sorry, at a Tina But there is, there is no way Renee would have missed exactly. this. Like. This her, is really her like roommate is performing next to Tina Turner. There's absolutely no way. Well, there's no way Renee wouldn't have entered that contest as well. Yes. Well, right. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe Ali so sabotaged her before she could get anywhere near it. <laughs> well, I think obviously, sadly, this season speaks to the weaning off of Renee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really sad. Absolutely. Um, uh, because yeah, this was one of the moments where I was like, "This is the biggest like gap that I've noticed." Where it's like Renee would definitely be, be part of this storyline yeah. if things were, you know, as they should be, and they're not. So yeah, it was interesting. So yeah, so okay, so teen. So whilst everyone's waiting, um, Tina's assistant comes up to Elaine and whispers in her ear basically that Tina thought that she was actually the best dancer but she was too good lady don't like to get shown up and she's like but that's between you and me and Elaine looks super happy and then as the assistant goes to leave um she winks at Ling yeah. who is at, sat at the bar and I am like Ling you sneaky kind-hearted son of a bitch like you have done this but also I was like there's no way that this isn't the only explanation yes. as to why Elaine didn't get yeah, that like yeah. surely this isn't a lie no. surely this is actually what happened yeah yeah absolutely I just I refuse to believe anything else because well, why would like yeah, I I think it. Yeah, because I can't I can't see any other reason. A, there's no other reason why because Elaine was blatantly better than Ali. But also, like, why would Tina Turner's assistant agree to like do this if it wasn't at least true? Unless Ling was like, "Look, I'll pay you good money." <laughs> no, if she was like, "I can get you a blimp if you do this." <laughs> And Tina Turner's assistant was like, a blimp, you say? <laughs> well, that changes everything. But yeah, I love I love Ling being like secret guardian angel. Like, it's a great look on her. Yeah. That's my favourite. That's my favourite Ling yeah, that we get to see. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. Well, then, 
All of a sudden, the lights go down and Tina Turner, the woman, the myth, the legend, starts to sing. And I think this was a single around this time, was, which yeah. would explain why she's there, yeah. um, called When the Heartache Is Over. And I do remember that yeah. song um, quite a lot. So, and Ali is in the backup singer lineup right next to Tina, yeah. wearing leather trousers, having a great time, <laughs> black mesh top. Looking very going, moody and 2000s. Yes, doing, <laughs> keeping up with all the moves, microphone switched off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's having a great time until she spots Billy in the crowd with Sandy. And then Ali starts to get distracted. And then she looks again and she envisions the whole table as being full of billies, like lots of different billies, (laughs) like shouting and whooping. And Ali just keeps trying to shut her eyes and concentrate on the moment and what she's there to do to get rid of it. And then she opens them again and the whole bar is... Billy. I mean, it's, it's a swarm of Billy's. It's Billy Mageddon, the end is nigh. Run for the hills. We should all... Find the fire We've exit now because this is not acceptable. <laughs> it was, quite frankly, Disturbing. stomach churning. <laughs> I would have loved to have been on the set that day when Gil Bellows had to come in and like do all the different takes for him in all the different <laughs> yeah. positions to, to fill up a whole bar. Yeah, I wonder how long that must have taken quite a while. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so the next day, Ali arrives at the office um, and Nell and Elaine are the first to see her and both of them try to congratulate her about last night. But Ali is in foul mood and is super mean to Elaine, even though Elaine points out that she's trying to talk. She's like, I'm trying to talk about you, your favourite subject. (laughs) I don't know. And Billy has come up and it's also, uh, she doesn't have time for him either. And she kind of waves Elaine and Billy away. um, And she's like, I especially don't want to talk to you, to Billy. Um, And she storms into her office and slams the door on the world. I mean, she really is a fucking bitch. I can't stand <laughs> Ali when she's like this. Like, you just won a contest that you know your friend Elaine was desperate to, to win. And you've done nothing but be Awful. ungrateful at yeah. it. And then take that out on Elaine when it, that's got nothing when to do with her. When she's also trying to celebrate it with you and be happy for you and with you and like, yeah, being... I have uh, no idea the... how Ali has managed to keep any, any friendships. Friend. Well, yeah, it's like... the. Like, Elaine is being, like, the epitome of grace here. And, like... Right. And and Ali is just the the complete antithesis of it. It's just, like... Anti-grace. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Upsetting. So, in the courthouse, it's closing time. Um, So, John, of course, tells the jury a story of when he was a child, because that seems to be all of his closings recently. That's his (laughs) go-to. It's his MO. And he said that he, when he was a kid, he had a group of buddies that he used to do everything with. um, But as they grew up into teenagers, suddenly being cool was important. And John wasn't cool at all. So his friends drifted away and he ended up alone. Um, And John says, you know, it's tough to be a kid. You know, kids can be really cruel. And then he goes... So how wonderful it's been to grow up because 
adults don't judge each other in the same way. When you're an adult, you're judged by your character and you don't have to put up with the nonsense that children do. You know, when you get a job, all that matters is the quality of your work, not whether you're funny looking. Thank God that goes away. Obviously, mm. dripping in sarcasm. Um, and then he says that he is feels really lucky that Mr. Schofield inadvertently has meant that he's met the four plaintiffs because they're the four plaintiffs, I should say, not floor plaintiffs. <laughs> They're definitely sitting in chairs and not lying on the floor. Um, he says he feels really lucky to have met them because they're wonderful people and they're excellent graphic design artists. And they were probably picked on as children, but thank God that they're adults now. They live in a world where people, you know, if they do their jobs well, they don't get fired. So then the opposing council closes and says, yeah, it is the land of opportunity. But... It's the opportunity to establish your own business and hire and fire as you see fit. Oh, I was just like, I don't know how you've managed Twist to segue. Yeah. That, like, this is nonsense. Um, but he says, you know, the finished product isn't the only thing that matters in the graphic design world. Like, clients want to see who's behind the designs and make sure the designers are also cool. Um, and Richard has been yawning and he tries to object that this is boring. <laughs> which I thought was funny. But then the opposing counsel says that the plaintiffs were unable to cultivate new business, which I'm sorry, but that's just like a completely different argument to what you'd started exactly. with. So, and you haven't reckoned, like they're not related in any way. No. Um, so he says they were unable to cultivate new business. It's that simple. We don't know if it was their weight, their face, the clapping, but they couldn't do it. If they could, do we really think Mr. Schofield would have fired them? Do we really... And I was like, yes. yeah, I do. Because <laughs> he's, he's a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> he has demonstrated quite plainly that he is a massive bellend. So it's really not beyond the realm quite. of possibility. <laughs> yeah. So back at Cajun Fish, um, Ali has decided to borrow John's oversized <laughs> boxing, boxing gloves. gloves. <laughs> which we haven't seen for a little while, but um, she's going to use them to have a go at punching the bathroom stall. And all I could think was, are those stalls like reinforced? Yeah, they they because be. they get a complete beating, like with all of the like antics that go on in that unisex. And then they just get punched for frustration. Like, oh my goodness. Um, so Nell comes in and... <laughs> She sees this and she is a little bit concerned um, and asks if she can help. And Ali just snaps, no, and keeps punching. And Nell tries to approach Ali again. She like reaches out to sort of awkwardly rub her arm um, and says, This is the problem with having a night like last night where you get to pretend to be somebody else. It is? Yes. Next day, you go back to being what you really are. And it's devastating. <laughs> I don't know in what realm Nell thought this would be helpful, I but I think it was hysterical. <laughs> I just love the way she goes, and it's devastating. <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking, but I don't know about you, but I did. A, I like to think that she genuinely did think she was trying to help I, I think, rather than just be mean. I, I think. <laughs> I think there might be an element of both, like just the way she goes. <laughs> it's just the way she says, and it's devastating. Like, it's just so funny. 
she's like, <laughs> she's getting in a little dig whilst also trying maybe, to help her. Like, maybe. <laughs> but then Ali stops and just looks at Nell like she's thinking. And then she just punches, punches her. her with the fucking boxing and glove. Flying. And well, this is my objection. Because what? Yeah, I know. No. Like, Ali, just because you are in a bad mood does not give you the right to assault people. people. Like, yeah. it just doesn't. No. But sidebar, Portia de Rossi does a spectacularly <laughs> wonderful <Yeah>. prattle. <laughs> Like her face, she just rolls around and then like falls to the floor. Um, that was that was so funny. But no, I'm not having this, Ali. Like you've been <laughs> shitty to Elaine. You've been shitty to everyone else. And when someone tries to like reach out, okay, they did it clumsily and a bit shittily. But you don't get to punch them, even if they were being shitty. Yeah. Like fuck off. Yeah. Especially not in the workplace. Yeah. Anyway, Nell ends up sprawled on the floor um, and it's, and then she jumps up going, are you crazy? <laughs> as Billy comes in and Ali just growled, yes. <laughs> and Billy is like, what is going on? And Ali screams at him to go away. And he's like, oh, are you going to hit me too? And, she, and so she does. she does. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, no. What the fuck? This okay. woman needs to be put away. And this is also, also, this is another massive argument as to why Cajun Fish need an HR department. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. The fact that this goes on completely unchecked and unrecorded, like, it should, like, you don't just get to punch your colleagues, like... You don't! And walk away. I cannot, it's outrageous! I've never seen anything like it! I know. Um, instead of HR, though, we have Billy taking matters <laughs> into his own hands. As he frog marches Ali, still wearing the gloves, into her office for her to explain herself. And she tells him about her visions at the bar and how the whole room was him and it was awful. <laughs> and she screams, the last thing I want to be fantasizing about is you. Talk about regressing. And then she points out that the song Tina was singing is about anger and heartache. And she thinks, psychoanalyzing herself, that deep down she's angry because he became the new Billy and ruined their friendship. So they don't have that anymore. But also what is the most hurtful is that no matter how terrible he is, he still has an ability to see in her. <laughs> and she, she really misses his friendship. And I was like, Ali, this is what toxic men do you need to cut him out? <laughs> Not getting deeper. It's like the way she knew it. she's like, um, the way you knew how I wanted to dance. It's like, yeah, he knew you wanted to dance because you fucking <laughs> you told, told him. him. Like he doesn't have magical insight. He just has working ears. Like <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I just no hope for this woman. Absolutely so... no hope. No hope. Well, Billy suggests that they can just get their friendship back. And he's like, you know, it's really easy if we try. And he just picks up the bowl of jelly beans that she keeps on her desk. Um, and just, it's like, 
what's been going on in your life? You know, like the past month or so. Let's, you know, let's, let's connect again. And, um, and then Ali starts talking all about, you know, all the various guys she's dumped over the last few episodes. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, that's a start. Maybe we could go for drinks later. And Ali asks him about Sandy in return. And then Billy, um, Billy, Billy says, my friendship with you, it's everything. And he apologizes for going off the way he has. But now he's back and they hug. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know which is worse, new Billy or old Billy coming back. Like, none of it's good. I mean, I just, oh, it's just, I, I don't, like, oh, it, it, it is that, that just complete, just idiocy of just like, oh, you know me so well. You repeat the things that I tell you back to me. It's like, yeah, that isn't someone who knows you. That's just someone who's listening. <laughs> That's like, you know, it's like when people fall for like psychics. Do you know yes. what I mean? Who are like, yeah. and like you're married. And knew. it's like, yes, because you're wearing a wedding. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Like, you're really not, you're so blind. Like it is. It's, I know. Oh. But this is what men like Billy do. They prey on that, like, blindness and just manipulate you. Yeah. Like, how? I mean, it was so fucking obvious in this episode. Like, he literally made her doubt herself and then became the hero that made her not doubt herself again. Yeah. And how she couldn't see that. Yeah, like, that, that. Are you literally works. dumb? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like it literally happened in the space of twenty four hours, and or like, like not even that. I can appreciate that, like you know, when you're in something like that, it's harder to see that pattern. But I just, yeah, I, I just think like, but it's not like you're in a relationship with him anymore, and you've definitely no. had breakthroughs where you've realised. He is not the Mr. Wonderful that you've sort of built him up to be. And I just, I, I don't understand how you've not spotted this, this that he does. Every time you're happy, every time you you are excited about something that has fuck all to do with him, he has to yeah. piss on it. He has to, um, it, yeah, completely um, ruin it for you. And then, yeah. and then you take on what he's poured in your ear and and then he turns around and tells you you shouldn't think like that and it's like yeah it, it yeah it is absolutely like the kind of thing like serial manipulators do like make you mm. feel like fucking crazy but yeah all under the guise of like oh i know you so well and just like i just oh it's horrible it's to frustrating watch. to watch <laughs> yeah so finally at the courthouse judge walsh asked the jury for the verdict and they found in favor of the defendant how <sighs> i don't know but everyone who came to support in the room is uh disappointed because obviously they were on the side of the plaintiffs yes. and paul Paul's clapping. Matthew goes, mother. <laughs> and John apologizes to the plaintiff saying, you know, you people fought for yourselves and I was proud to fight with you. And then he addresses everyone in the gallery saying, um, you know, sometimes there is triumph in the battle alone. 
There will be a victory parade immediately following, starting at the front of the courthouse, and I invite you all to join. And then Matthew's like, but we don't have a band. And John's like, okay, uh, well, Paul, why don't you give us a beat and just, you know, keep going. Um, And then he asks everyone to hear the music in their heads. And we start to hear this brass band version of, um, you know, my first, first, my last, my everything. Um, And uh, as John is telling them to like feel it, everybody starts to move and can like hear the music and they start dancing and clapping. And then we get this montage ending of Ali and Billy walking down the street, chatting like, you know, old friends, <laughs> which I guess they are. And then the gallery from the courthouse have all followed John and Richard out and they start sort of marching and dancing like outside the down courthouse. The street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, having an oddball parade, hence the, the title, title of the episode and scene. <laughs> Such <laughs> That's an the end. odd episode really odd I think that was in the name <laughs> yeah well yeah I, I just if, if the whole court case I'm just like this is so weird and doesn't make any sense well should we get on to that then let's go into retrial yeah okay retrial so plaintiffs versus Schofield what do you think well obviously they I, I think they shouldn't have been fired for how they look like um or how yeah. they are cuz it's not um they are not it's not things they can help and it's no. not uh you know I just yeah the whole idea the whole I think it sounds as though they were good at their jobs and uh, were good at their jobs for years and years, helped build up this company, and then yeah. the bosses decided that um, they should also have this element to their role, which is selling to, you know, trying to build the client base. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, and they weren't very skilled at, at that part of it. And it's just like, to, and it doesn't sound like they were given a lot of time or a lot of support. Well, this is my help, my suspicion to help um, improve on that element. And I just think, yeah, the idea of the the it sounds as though they were not given a chance uh, to properly improve that element of their role, and to just fire them for that alone is really terrible. Yeah. I mean, this is my point. So I was like, had they been provided training and support in sales? Because they're clearly designers. They're not salespeople. That's what they were hired for originally. Yeah. Had they been given any help in, in learning how to do that? How long had he given them to get up to speed? Like, can you really prove that their appearances meant that they were losing business? Yeah. Like, I don't... We didn't get... If your argument is... I fired them because they couldn't do an element of their job that they now have. Well, then we didn't discuss that at all. It was just mentioned that they did they try to do it. And, and Benny said, oh, I'm not yet, you know, which to me, I think if I was really cynical and I wouldn't put it past him, he wanted to fire them for their appearances, but was like, well, gave them a do that. So yeah. why don't I just give them this extra thing that they're supposed to do now and then set them up to fail basically yeah. so that I have a reason to, to fire them yeah but 
if that's your reason for firing them, don't then come into court and say, I fired them because look at them. my clients didn't like to look at yeah. them. You know, don't even bring that up. Yeah. But the thing is, he did bring that up. And that was the reason. And if that is his reason, it's I'm sorry, bullshit. that's bullshit. Yeah. You cannot fire people for how they look. No. If they are performing at their job, which the original part of their job, they absolutely were, then you can't fire them. Because I would even them. query, like, some contracts, you can't just change the element of the job without you know, some contracts don't even allow for that. So I would be like, well, is it even in their contract that they had to take on this extra responsibility? And then... I do think that a lot of contracts these days try to get around that by certainly yes. the big firms, I'm sure smaller firms have adopted that, by saying you should take on the duties in your job description and any other duties that we may yeah. decide so that you need to do nowadays at some time. businesses are like smarter yeah. and know that to yeah. put in something that allows them to make more demands even then they also know they're on shaky ground because that is why you have to be able to prove that you know did you give them the support to be able to do that yeah did you give them a chance to get up to speed if it was something they'd never done before because just firing someone like the week after you've said do sales is not on do you know what I mean um so yeah I just think he didn't have a leg to stand on and I am astounded that the jury found differently to be quite honest yeah same and to me that just shows to the bigotry that was in society at the time yeah. to be like well of course he can't expect to run a business with a man in a dress yeah. like or a fat what woman. <laughs> it's just like, like ridiculous I just, absolute nonsense yeah or a man in a bow tie i mean what do you take us for that was also <laughs> like all of them were stupid reasons absolutely but stupid benny had like he just looked like a regular guy there was nothing odd no. about him whatsoever absolutely Weird, very weird. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. So I'm gonna give a not guilty to Elaine because she was robbed. Yes. <laughs> I know. Great. She was robbed. She should have won the contest. She should have been allowed to dance yes. next to Tina Turner. Like, and you know, I'm sorry, but just just walking away with the knowledge that you were that you deserve to be up there like is not enough like she just no like that's that's that scraps like she deserved the win you know yeah she did I agree with you and uh, mine's kind of similar I gave Ling a not guilty for trying to make uh elaine feel better um and to be nice to to her which um she always does on the down low but i want to like bring her into the spotlight and say i see you ling i see your kindness and your kind ways um so yeah that was good yes i was really pleased with that so yeah it's a shame this episode because i was like oh it started out with such promise like tina turner being there and a Tina Turner contest, like depressing and like about Ali <laughs> wanting to escape her life. And then, yeah, giving her a hallucination about Billy. I mean, I <laughs> I kind of feel like, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I kind of feel like they're kind of sort of refreshing a, you know, emotional relationship with Ali and Billy. Yes. Um, 
priming us ready for what's going to come very soon yeah, you know for sure to, for sure to really get that emotional punch in there you know like um, yeah because to be fair this season she's not like they haven't been that close and I mean that's what the whole episode's well, this is about the thing. isn't it and I think again I'm not spoiling but um I if I was watching this with you know not knowing yeah. what's coming next. To me, this episode just doesn't ring true for that reason. Mm. Like, I'm like, where's this come from? Yeah. Like, we know Billy's an asshole. You were like washing your hands of him and yes. moving on. Like, why why dredge this up again? It's a bit like, oh, really? really? Do you know again, what I mean? So yeah. to me, that doesn't work if that's what they're trying to do. Yes, but I, it's knowing what's coming. Like, I feel yeah. like, oh, we need to reestablish that yeah. they are close again because otherwise it's not what we yeah which I think is oh we'll get there but yeah (laughs) I just yeah not a big fan of this episode no it's a shame because it was I was excited when we got the first scene and then I was like oh no as soon as we got into the courtroom I was like oh no oh no and it just got Tina worse Turner from there great, Tina, Turner, Tina was Turner was great I loved yeah. having her that was yeah, great was actually fun. the next couple of episodes um Vonda's had a holiday because she wasn't in this yeah. one and she's not in the next one either but yeah that's very true yeah she had she had some time off you know for good Shut behavior up. yeah <laughs> um so what did you guys think of this episode did you love seeing Tina Turner did you think Elaine was robbed um are you sick of billy's bullshit like we are um <laughs> let us know we are on twitter and facebook at bygones podcast and on instagram at bygones pod or you can email us bygones podcast at gmail.com um yeah so i guess until next time bygones, bygones!